Chapter 24 The Little Kitten That Could Every palazoprim pill tasted the same, but after the first four or five my entire day began to feel different. I'd come to enjoy my time outdoors. It'd only been a day or so, but I finally had a chance to see these cheery animals in action. Birds were roaming the sky, little runts were climbing the trees, and what about those squirrels? What were they doing? Playing a game of sorts. I could see the pyramid up ahead, but I wasn't concerned with it. T. Hammond was adamant they'd let us through, and I was too busy living in the moment. The one right here, yes, the one right now. I was present because I wanted to enjoy this life before it was gone forever. I popped another pill, which got me thinking about life. Because if we knew we had to die, and if death isn't the end, then why are we so afraid to begin again? Do you know what I mean? T. Hammond was silent while the mind kept churning. Sure, it'll hurt like hell when the body gives out, scary all the way through. But there's always that light to look forward to. Isn't that so true? And when was the last time you saw squirrels all giddy like this? Quite astounding. Just look at these little energetic buggers. Oh, it's all fun for them, isn't it? Just a big game. They're always present. Right here. In this moment, too. Goodness, will you look at that one. What a little oddball. And he's coming this way. A tiny squirrel came thundering down a tree trunk and stopped at the tip of my black boot. A paw reached out and tapped the top of my toe. Peg, you're it, said the little guy. This cheery-eyed fellow was panting, almost out of breath. And with a smile that big, well, I wanted to play too. Well, you don't have to play, said the squirrel. Only if you really want to. The little guy hopped away to wherever little squirrels hopped before I could say anything. Well, would you look at that? When's the last time you've been invited to play a game? I guess things were really turning around for us. And why would anyone spend all their time being angry and pessimistic when we've got fresh feelings in front of us? We're on a run of fantastic luck, and I say we keep it rolling while we've got it. That's the spirit. Moving forward towards the giant pyramid, I stopped by an old tree to notice how the trunk had grown far wider than the others around it. Strange fruit was dangling from the branches right in front of our mask. I reached for it, but before I could touch it, the tree dropped the fruit right in my hand. Why, thank you, good tree. This must have been dreadful weight to be holding up all that time. I'll make good use of it. I tilted the mask back, and after one bite, I was certain this tree had given the little fruit all its love and... Oh my goodness! Did you see that squirrel jump? These creatures are hooligans. What in the world are they... Did you see that? She jumped from one tree to another. Goodness, why risk it? And that one, well, I'm not sure his mother would approve if she knew how dangerous that was. This game of tag was something else. Outrageous. And oh, oh, here he comes again. Hey, are you playing this time? Asked little squirrel on the branch above. Oh my! Well, I'd love to play, but we've got a busy day ahead of us. Okay. Said the squirrel. See you later, mister. It ran back into the wilderness where a new game transpired. Our feet were standing at the gate of the Grand Pyramid, and what occurred next can only be described as a bug bite, which might have been a kiss in disguise. I spun in a circle to see where the mosquito flew, but when I came back, something else happened way faster than I expected. Welcome back, sir, said a man's voice. I turned around to see the gate. Where did he come from? This mask has terrible blind spots, and he can't see anything. Where are you going, sir? he asked. Uh, where? he asked. Judging by his appearance, this man was very strong, full of muscle, and I'd do my very best not to get squished by him. Okay, wow, he is huge. Hey, what do we do? Smack him! But I've never hit anyone before. What do you mean we've never hit anyone? We're on the verge of retribution, and you've never hit anyone? Sometimes I have trouble with my mask, I told him. We were stalling. Okay, come on in, sir. Has it been a rough day? We'll get you back to the fourth floor, he said. Oh, is this a trick? Or maybe you don't hit him. Yes, right. So glad he could help. You see, there was a door we've seemed to misplaced. It's uh, official business, of course. And there was a threat made to check outside, and now I'm checking back in. My fingers were moving down the side pocket. The zipper was half undone when I felt the base of my arrowhead between my fingers. If I had to use it, I could. Of course, sir, said the guard. I wouldn't leave you on your own out there. You never know what's in these woods. 
Have you heard the rumors? Rumors? Do tell. There's a deer the size of a school bus in that forest, he said. School? Bus? Well, I don't know about that, but I do know the squirrels seem quite all right. Sir, it's a giant beast. I've seen it with my own eyes, said the guard. It sits on top of the ship in the middle of the night and stares. Ship? What ship? The pyramid, said the guard. Oh, right. And have you seen the opossums? A bit chunky, white-faced fox of sorts, but overall exquisite creatures, brave and modest, and a perfect balance of compact flexibility, all around animals, if you ask me. And that deer was carrying bodies, said the man. They were all dead. Oh, that one. I met him. He's a peculiar feller. Travels light and believes in what he does. A bit strange to follow orders you don't understand. But hey, all of us have some skeletons in our closet, and that one has a few more. The man was nodding, but his facial expression told me he was bewildered. Which door is it again? He opened the gate and escorted me into the base of the pyramid. After we entered a few strange mechanical doors, the walls changed. A few more doors opened, and just like that we were in. After a few more steps and a few more guards, we met some citizens waiting beside a security point. Passing a large group of smelly slaves, we reached a group of soldiers overseeing them. Why the guns? Am I right? I whispered to the soldier. Probably should be more concerned with a bath. These ones smell of feces. It's troubling. All five soldiers turned to me, while all thirty or so slaves continued moving the lumber into a pile. They were all building the wall last night, and one of these monsters tried to run, said the soldier. He's paying for it now. All the guards were laughing. Which joke did I miss? A deep gash was cut into one of the man's legs, hindering his ability to stand. Oh, I wouldn't worry about them running. Looks like he can't stand. That's right, said a soldier, revealing a knife dried with blood. Oh, so you're the one who cut him. Well, that one needs food or it'll die soon, I told the man. One pale slave was wandering in place. His eyes flashed bare and his legs gave out. On the verge of life and death, he waited on the same path I once walked. Sympathy erupted in the mind. This man was like me, and his eyes were begging for help. Food and water, now! I screamed it, but the guards hadn't heard me. All I did was turn when T. Hammond took over. He used my hands to grip the soldier's throat. That's when he dropped the bloody knife as T. Hammond slammed his back against the wall. Don't fuck with me or I'll rip your heart out through your eyes. You think this is a game? If they die, then you're carrying wood next. Two guards ran down the hall to fulfill their request before I let go of the soldier's throat. Sit, I ordered the slaves. All at once they found the ground and rested their chins down along their chests. I came and bent down beside them. No need to be afraid, I whispered. Death comes for us all. Even soldiers get theirs too. It's best never to create more suffering than a single creature's do. These men were on the brink of death, but something told me they were special. They were not like the others. Make sure he gets the proper care, I announced to the soldiers. A dead man is worth nothing but weight and bones to carry. Patch up the wounds and let them rest through the night. When a pair of soldiers came back with food and water, the slaves were nourished. Nodding to my comrades, we continued on to the end of the main corridor and through the final doors. It brought us to a grand corridor with large vertical tunnels stretching up to the top of the pyramid. Each level was labeled by a number going all the way up to the highest floor, number 28. Good morning, sir, said someone passing by. He bowed his head in reverence. It's an honor to have you in our presence, said a random teenager. We're beyond grateful for everything you do, said another. Sir, said a madam bowing. Thank you for your service. Some of these people were covered in uniforms. Merits were pinned to their jackets as if to showcase their skill and obedience. Different medals, badges, and clips were pinned on their coats, and I stuck out like a black bear in a meadow. Someone passed by and shook my hand. The next person got down on all fours to kiss my boots. They worship us. Well, of course they do. But how the hell do you see shit in this thing? Everyone is staring, but this tiny eyeslit couldn't catch who was shaking our hands. So sorry about your eye, sir, said another man. A group of men began shaking my hand. 
These were generals, and they had more badges than the other soldiers. Stars and stripes were linked to their shoulder straps. Hmm, yes, do things feel a bit different around here, or is it just me? No one said anything. You see, my, uh, my... I began tapping my helmet. My mask gets in the way, and I forget who I've met. A bit intrusive, if I'm being honest. I heard things are busy on the fourth floor, asked one of the generals. I didn't say anything. I'm sure you heard about the prisoners starting a riot. They said those new natives got the slaves stirred up, said a different soldier. We know it's not easy being an extractor, but from us on the ground, you inspire us. We inspire you? Did you hear that? They love us. I backed away and bowed. Why the hell are you bowing? Unbow immediately. Isn't that what these strange animals do? How do I know? You used to be one of them. Thank you, my good comrades, and I hope to see you in a suit like this someday. One man approached me. Sir, are you going back to extraction? Asked the soldier. He was leading me to a small room that opened up in the wall while someone held the doorway open. Wait a minute. What's the tiny room for? They all laughed. You want me to get in a little box with deadly strangers? Yeah, right. That's not something I'll do. See, I learned a thing or two from trusting idiots like you. They laughed louder. He's trying to kill us in there, isn't he? These sneaky ones think they can push a man into a metal box. Sir, whispered the soldier. Can I ask who you are? I had no choice but to step inside the gray box to evade this madman. More soldiers piled in behind me while T. Hammond reached for the arrowhead in my pocket. Things were getting out of control. I was on the verge of decapitating all these poor males. What's your name? Asked the man again. He stood in front of the door. Who the hell is asking? He stepped inside the doorway and magic doors closed behind him. Sanders. My name is John Sanders, sir, said the soldier. I've got an interview with extraction tonight and maybe I can put your name down to say no one. You gotta hire me. Consider me at least. I'm too good to be on the front lines. I'll do anything you want because I won't let you down, sir. Kill anyone you wanted. We were ascending for some time. This contraption was pure magic, and I'd seen one of them press buttons on the side to conduct some sort of secret code or riddle, but then we stopped. The doors opened, leading somewhere new. I nearly fell backwards when I smelled the musty green corridors. Oh, I remember this place. This is where I died. What's your name? said Sanders. The doors began closing, but my eye wouldn't flinch. Sanders' arm shot into the doorway and sent it retracting back the other way. Holy shit, he's strong. And I knew this place too well. But I've never walked these halls alone. I was always dragged to a cell, then beaten or worse, and... Please, said Sanders. This is the life of Collie Jack. Now get out of my way. Thank you, sir, said Sanders. I'll make you proud, Jack. The door closed and the men departed in the silver box while T. Hammond and I inhaled the scent of the stale moisture. We caught a whiff of the blood, too. Oh, I remember how it lingers long after it's been washed away. And then somewhere down the hall, a rumble of voices murmured the other way. Okay, let's not start there. Heading away from the distant voices, I explored the dim passages, taking note of each cell door around us. Animals were kept in extreme solitary. People were trapped behind other doors, and there was no light or joy in here. Bars can find most of the animals, but all the humans had been locked in, and I'd need a key to let them out. Every time I peeked through a window, the best thing I saw were terrified eyes watching a horrific screen. I could hear some animals crying, some shaking, and others not moving. When I reached a crossroads where two holes met, I took a seat on my heels and began to reassess my situation. Everything and everyone hated us here, and we hated it even more than those poor souls trapped inside. Yet we've done nothing wrong, nothing at all, and here we are stuck again. Help me, mister, said a tiny voice in the darkness. Please, I can't run anymore. There she was, the most improbable and surprisingly fluffy kitten. Her paws were white, as if she stepped in paint, and the gray ashy coat stretched over her little body. A distinctive orange marking, like a little flame, stretched up between her eyes. Goodness, it's the most beautiful kitten I've ever seen. Do I know you? I'm really scared, mister, said the kitten panting. And, and, I don't know where I am. I lost my family, and you people have to stop moving us around. My brother got taken, and he never came back. Nope, I never saw him again. They put me in a cell. I met a man, but then I ran, and I'm so thirsty. Oh, darling, my sweetie, are you all right? I picked up the kitten, and I'm not one of them. I promise, not me. I'd never do this. I'm hiding from them, too. 
I used to live in a cell around here. I did. I stole the mask and suit to fit in. My arms were cradling the poor soul while I rushed down the hallways looking for a room with water. I knew a kitten here once. Did you know that? I made friends with one who had a little orange stripe between her eyes. I looked down. She had the same stripe between her eyes. Hey, I think I knew you. You're him. You're that guy. Hey, who's there? Yelled someone's voice ahead. Who's over there? A man in a black jumpsuit with a copper mask was coming our way. Behind him, a crew of men stopped and entered a doorway nearby. Goodness, he's coming. Well, you'll have to trust me. I'm the good one, remember. You can trust the one-eyed Jack. Spread the word. No, 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 said the kitten trembling. You're taking me where the bodies go. New extractor, asked the masked man approaching us. The briefing for the new extraction team is about to start. Get your ass in there. Oh, is that the cat? I thought one of them got away. His arms reached for the cat. I've got her. I turned my shoulder to him. Do tell me where we keep the water. The extractor paused and looked into my eye. Down the hall on the left. The new team briefing is on your right. I walked past him. And I didn't catch your name, asked the extractor. What is it with these people and names? Hey, One-Eye, he said. When I have a question, answer me. Hi, I'm the One-Eyed Jack, and you can call me Collie Jack, but don't worry, I don't even care what your name is. Tough guy, huh? Do me a favor, Jack. Don't be a pussy when you get out of training. Everyone thinks they're tough shit when they get accepted into the program, but I'm sick of you new guys. Do your job and keep your shit together. He paused. Got it? T. Hammond took control of the body. What are you doing? Why are we turning towards him? Get away from him, T. Hammond. Stop it! My mask, mind, and body were an inch away from the man's eyes when our body bumped into his, pressing him against the wall. You ought to know who you mess with. They call me Reynolds, Christian Reynolds, and I'm the lead extractor here, he said. Ah, uh, Mr. Reynolds, you mustn't worry about me. My fingers began walking up the zipper on his chest. Oh, yes, how could I begin to explain it? Hmm, I suppose I've got a bit of first-hand experience. Do you see my eye here? My fingers jumped off his zipper to wave T. Hammond's hand in front of our left eye. Do you see that? Because I don't, I paused. I'm afraid someone has to pay for my sight. So in the name of retribution, we're going to get them like they got us. My hand reached up to brush a small bit of dirt off his shoulder. T. Hammond, stop it. Just turn around and leave. Oh, but do play their game, my dear. We'll miss out on all the fun if we don't make a few friends along the way. Just wait, said Reynolds. It's a whole different beast when you get face to face with the prisoners. Not even revenge is enough to keep you going. This isn't a game, kid. Oh, but I do like games. It's not a joke, said Reynolds. Well, I like jokes, too. And it just so happens that I have a fun one for you. He kept looking in her eye, and I kept looking in his. It was almost as if I'd seen those greenish eyes before. Riddle me this, Mr. Reynolds. What happens to the king of the jungle if you put him in the Arctic cold? Reynolds paused. You mean a lion? I waited before his eyes peered back into mine. What? asked Reynolds. He's a penguin's bitch. I paused before pressing my mask up against his. You're in my kingdom now, Mr. Reynolds. Welcome to my home. He was pinned between the wall and I. We'll see about that, said Reynolds, pushing me back. Help me, meowed the kitten. Oh, but I'm afraid we need to get this kitten back. I passed him and walked down the hall. Meeting starts in five minutes. Meet in the extractor personnel room, said Reynolds. Please, T. Hammond, that was too much. Don't put us through that again. Oh, I'm afraid we're just getting started.